now, the super genius, Mark Madden. This is one of those two-chin-strap, bring-the-duct-tape type of affairs. What the? They're going to make us play a wild card game. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. The X at 105.9. Uh, that North Carolina coach, his name's pronounced Fedora. Uh, I didn't write the A. He's 3-9. and nine, Who cares? Joining me now from DKPittsburghSports.com. He is the constructor and conductor. It's Serbian reactionary, Dayon Kovacevic. Uh, Dayon, is there a bad guy when it comes to the Steelers and Lev Bell not reaching a deal? Because I really don't think there is. No, I, I can't find one, Mark. I've actually tried. Uh, I've put a pretty good effort into seeing if maybe, you know, it's looking at it from both perspectives, uh, if there's a an element of greed, if there's an element of not caring about one party or the other, I, you know, there isn't a bad guy. However, I will say this. There is something to be said for knowing the discrepancy between $15 million and $17 million and valuing being not just on a winning team, because that stuff gets a little bit overstated, but being on a team where you know you trust your teammates, you trust your offensive line, uh, that's a little bit of a different situation. Uh, I... I I'd have to say that if there's if I'd lean against somebody, which sounds like what you're asking here, it would be more leaning against Le'Veon just from that standpoint because he's been with this offensive line, with this quarterback, with this wide receiver uh, for a long time now since he came into the league. And he's choosing to walk away from them for really, in the scope of things, with a small amount of money. So it, that said, I don't exactly vilify him for that either. Well, if I were him, I'm taking the deal, but I can't criticize him for betting on himself. Now, yeah, exactly. I, I know the he'll agent said he'll do better money wise. That that much we I think we can agree on. He will do better than what the Steelers offered. Well, I know the agent said only ten million dollars of their offer was guaranteed uh, from the Steelers, but Bell was going to play at least two seasons out of that deal. So he'd have got thirty three mil, no question. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what fun. were the Steelers going to sign him just to cut him? I don't think so. Yeah, I, no, and I heard you talk about that in your in your first segment, and, and you're completely right. The, the, the first year is an absolute guarantee. The second year, come on, who? I mean, who does this guy think the Steelers are? You know, if if he were to run into Vontez Burfict's leg whip all over again, meaning Bell and go down with an injury that would cost him all. So you think the Steelers would just cut him? I mean, it just, it, it's, it's not the way they've done business uh, with anybody. They sure wouldn't start now. Uh, given how many running backs are out there, and looking at all the rookie backs that did great just last year, I don't think replacing Bell is going to be all that hard. Uh, to some degree of quality, I just don't. Well, I, I don't know that we're going to agree on that. I think that you can replace Bell, you can put in a, a good running back, you can possibly even get one that, that has the potential to be great. One thing that's neat about the NFL draft anymore is that running backs, unless you're Saquon Barkley, fall. Uh, so if you make up your mind that your first round has to be invested in a running back, you can get one. However, in this particular circumstance... Well, I think a second or third round pick would do the trick, too. It may be. In this, well, he was a second round pick. In this specific circumstance, I'm leery of that idea because, again, you've had this quarterback, this wide receiver, and especially this offensive line, and they'll tell you themselves, these guys up front, 
that it is a big adjustment, even going from one of their own running backs to blocking for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, that's not to say that they couldn't adjust it. It's not to say that they're they're not good standard run blockers. Not, they are, but I think it's a different dynamic. And, and you're asking Ben on top of that uh, to basically readjust his mindset, his thinking, his playbook, which it now is. Yeah, I, I, I just I, think I just don't think it's going to be that add. hard. I mean, look at 2015. Bell got hurt. D'Angelo Williams came in, and the Steelers didn't miss a beat. Not statistically, certainly. No, D'Angelo is really good, um, but uh, they don't have that guy in the fold right now. And I say that with all due respect to you know James Conner and Stevan Ridley and other guys. They, they just don't have that player. Could they get it? Yeah. I, again, I'm just. You know what happens, Mark, is everybody's in a rush to downplay him the moment he says he's not going to be in Pittsburgh. He's still the NFL's best running back. Let's not pretend otherwise. Oh, I don't. I'm going to pretend otherwise. Last season, he was not the NFL's best running back. Wasn't even close. Yards per carry again. Come on. Oh, you're right, because that doesn't matter. They should have given him the ball 600 times and let him get three yards a carry. It's not nearly as important as his overall touches. What he forces the defense to think about. How about all the options? Oh, intangibles. How about, well, no. You want a tangible? Here's a tangible. How about all the room that he ends up creating, in essence, for Antonio Brown, for the other wide receivers? Yeah, intangibles. You don't get paid for that. There's five other guys they got to worry about on any given snap. Yeah, there's better better running backs than him. Todd Gurley's for sure better than him. I don't agree with that. I told you we weren't going to agree on this one. Well, moving forward, do you see James <laughs> Conner as the likely starter in 2019? Uh, I think he has to win that job for next year. I think he's got to win it now at training camp and in the exhibitions. You know, he's got to win it immediately. I mean, to an extent, it, it's got to be, you know, like you're like you're suggesting, I think in the first couple of preseason games and if that sounds unfair so be it uh all he has shown at the nfl level and i'm not saying that this is the cap on his potential but all he's shown is that one sweep that todd haley would use him for four or five times a game um that's not the james connor that we saw and that might not be a criticism of him it might be one of haley but that's not the one that we saw at Pitt uh when he was just blowing through guys i remember covering a game that Pitt played up at Boston College, where he just annihilated those guys for three hours. By the time the fourth quarter came along, they wanted nothing to do with him. That's not the way the Steelers have used or tried him. And now he comes in a little bit lighter. He's looking for more quickness. We'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, he he's going to have to be a different type of running back than what we've seen in his very limited uh, time in the NFL so far. So right now I would say no, but I'd say it respectfully. I, you know, I, I don't rule out anything with him. We're talking today, John Kovacevic. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. Uh, do you buy the notion that Bell isn't a running back? He's a multi-purpose player or a hybrid. Uh, that kind of talk makes me gag. I, I hate yeah, that the running backs. I, I, I hate that the running backs are being presented as an oppressed minority. I don't. I don't like the idea of pretending that he's some different position and he should be paid double. Uh, if that's the case, Russell Wilson would be the highest paid player in the NFL, right? Because he's a quarterback who can run a lot. Uh, I, I'm not crazy about that that mindset. I don't think that it applies. And I'll give you a, a different maybe thought process on why. If you're Leonard Fournette, 
and the Jaguars can use you as a human battering ram against a defense the way they did to the Steelers in the playoffs, he's a different kind of weapon. He is more valuable to the Jaguars and what they were doing and the playoffs and options that they were able to offer Blake Bortles in the process than Le'Veon Bell would have been. So beauty's in the eye of the beholder, so to speak, here. Uh, the Jaguars would not take Le'Veon Bell over Leonard Fournette. Does that mean that Leonard Fournette is the equivalent of two players just because he's a better fit for them? No. You know? It, it, it just, it, that's, this is all agent speak. And the agent, there's no doubt in my mind, got through to him with the whole, uh, you know, pay the player, not the position talk, to the point that he ended up repeating it himself. Now, when does Bell show up, and how will he do this year? I think he'll show up uh, late in training camp, very similar to last year. He's already dropped hints to that effect, although, of course, he's actually the worst possible source on what Le'Veon Bell is going to do. I think you're going to see him come back in the final week of training camp, mostly because he's not going to want to take off his teammates, and that's when he knows that'll really kick in, that aspect of it. Um, and again, you know, you get to open the season against Cleveland. So it's kind of a preseason game for him, the way it was last year. You get out there, you don't look particularly effective, which he didn't in Cleveland, if you'll recall. Uh, but he has a chance to get his feet under him a little bit, and then he'll do fine. Because look, if this is his motivation, again, not saying that critically, if this is his motivation to have this ultimate payday, Oh, my God, is he going to be driven? In yeah, but you think he did good last year, and he only averaged four yards a carry. No, I don't think he did good. I know he did good. It's not an opinion. You're, you're stuck on one statistic. You're right. The numbers you're don't matter. Another, the numbers another don't matter. Statistic. What was his launch angle? The the other don't start on that. The the uh, the reason that he, the, the other negative statistic, as long as you want to go that route with him, is that he didn't break a run longer than 30 yards. He didn't have that big, you know, the 70-yard or 80-yard. Furthermore, he only had three yards of 20 yards or more. However, he was extremely effective in the red zone, which does matter to this offense because Ben and A.B. weren't great in the red zone. He was very valuable down there. Oh, so their numbers count. I see. I I didn't even understand that. Well, I mean, you're talking about Ben and, 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 and... Brown were bad in the red zone, but Bell was good. Why does that matter, but his 4.0 yards per carry, which is garbage, why does that not matter? That is, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. It's a negative statistic. It's just not the only statistic that's available to measure him. There are reasons that people consider him to be the number one running back in the NFL. And there are reasons why I don't. And I understand that. I respect that. All I'm saying is that he is really, really good. Oh, there's no question he's good, but he's not like... I I heard somebody say today he's a top-five player in the league. My ass, not even close. Well, it's not somebody. It was NFL Network. I mean, Well, they're wrong. Well, they have their opinion and you have yours. The one thing I will say, at the risk of sounding like I'm kowtowing to you, which I never do, is that at least your opinion was formed before this. The part that I don't like about what's happened over the last 48 hours is people all of a sudden coming out of nowhere and saying that Le'Veon's no good, whereas if Le'Veon had signed the contract on Monday, it would be the greatest thing ever. No question and about you, that. You now, can't have that both ways. You know what I mean? Do you think Bell was jealous of Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger? Does he want to be the number one guy somewhere and not the third fiddle? Oh, wow, no. Why would you even ask that? 
I mean, that's just not in his personality at all. <laughs> what are you crazy? He's an egomaniac. No, He's not anything of the kind. He's a oh child. Oh, my God. You finally flipped, haven't you? He's a child. That's what he is. And again, I don't even say that in a negative sense. He's, he's, he's basically he's the equivalent of a nine-year-old in a grown-up's body. And, he, and he, I say that in the uh, Yarmer Yager sense, where just somebody's just an overgrown kid. That's what he is. He's a, he's a super nice guy, wonderful guy, actually, to be around. Uh, has no issues whatsoever with Ben or AB or any of that. I, I didn't say I didn't say that he that. disliked them, but don't you think he'd like to be the guy? No, it's just not. It's it's just not how he's wired. Uh, he's actually done really well fitting in with what the Steelers have. I've never heard him express anything of the kind. I, I'd be more inclined to think of AB that way, but not even really him. You know. Uh, I think that stuff is done positionally, you know, in, in football for the most part. You know, I think you're going to see Ben have a little bit of an edge to him in camp because he's got another quarterback in who might be able to throw the ball downfield and look good in the red zone, meaning, of course, Mason Rudolph. Uh, you know, if A.B. had someone else come along who looked like some superstar wide receiver, you know, maybe he'd have some kind of issues, but we didn't even see that with Martavis when Martavis was going well. Uh, Le'Veon, no. Hey, John, do you feel like do you feel like you've separated either of your shoulders? I have no idea what that means. You've been reaching the entire conversation. Uh, then you come with the reaching shoot back. I, I got nothing for you here, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me questions. I'm giving you what I think. That's all I got. Okay, real quick. How many pirates will be traded between now and the trade deadline on the 31st? I want a number. I, I'll give you three. Uh, I'll give you three. Uh, I, I think that I, uh, Freeze is, is is as good as gone. Uh, you, it's going to be one other guy who's making at least some significant money, uh, and the one that makes the most sense is Jordy Mercer. However, you've got a wrench thrown in now with you know Francisco Cervelli and the Cushions, and now Josh Harris, and we'll see about the hamstring when they come back Friday in Cincinnati. Uh, nobody wants to take a player that, that's, that's... I can't imagine any team would want Josh Harrison at that ticket with two more years left. Oh, I don't know. JJ's a pretty good ball player. Uh, there's a lot of teams that would take him. It would have I, to be a contender agree. that would use him at super utility. Yeah, but I, I don't know about that. He's a good second baseman. He's a really good second baseman. Uh, you can find a use for a player like that. Uh, more, way more so than you could with Freeze, and you're talking about a lot of teams out there that have money to spend. So I, I don't think he'd be an issue. I think his health would be, but those would be the guys that I would focus on in addition to Corey Dickerson. You can't rule that one out because the Pirates clearly do have an issue uh, with the outfield since Austin Meadows isn't playing where he should be right now. That's Dejan Kovacevic. I'm Mark Madden. In just a moment, more Lev Bell talk. It's all Bell all the time. Well, not all the time. We're we're tapering off. It's like uh, we're kind of in the methadone stage of our addiction. 1059 X.